Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference plus BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for sports and not sports, another podcast network focused on a lot of sports podcasts that do a great job. Go check it out. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. We've got plenty to recap from the weekend. I mean, I have a lot. I'm looking at my rundown. And it's massive. And then like right near the end, oh, by the way, dot, 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 Big 12 men's basketball schedule dropped on Friday. We'll try and get to it because obviously with Andy and Jamie here, when basketball is a topic of conversation now that everyone's non-conference and conference schedules have been released in the Big 12, it's something we should discuss. We may have to save it for a later date when we don't have a lot of other things to get to as well because I've got some stuff I want to talk about. We'll see if we get to it all. As I mentioned, Andy and Jamie, my two co-hosts that join us every week, that is... The man, the myth, the Rock Chalk podcast host, Andy Mitz. Yeah, you know what? I think we can be forgiven for not talking a lot of basketball in a week where Kansas went, you know, went to four and on the on the football season. So, look, if, if if Kansas football is good, then it's really hard to start talking about basketball for a while. I mean, this might be the latest into a season in a long time that Kansas fans will actually start caring about basketball. Like, it, it's been a while. I've got jokes. I've got jokes. We'll save them for later. Um, that person who's laughed you hear, that is JSJ herself, the one that everyone comes for to this podcast. That is Jamie Steyer Johnson. It's flattering. Uh, I've been thrown off since you started by counting down in Spanish. I don't speak that language, but don't worry. I've got my podcast fuel. It's going to get me back on track. Jamie, uh, what uh, what is this uh, this fine beverage that you I've are got uh, enjoying? Mango guava sonic hard seltzer. It's official max. tank of the Big Twelve. It's really good. It's official really good. seltzer of the Big Twelve. I should have brought it, a couple more from the fridge, honestly. I mean, 
we'll give Andy a chance to talk about Kansas. That should give you at some point in the show plenty of time to go to the fridge, get some drinks, go to the bathroom, take a shower, whatever you need to do <laughs> before you get back, before he gets done with however long he wants to talk about Kansas football. So, so really what you're saying is I should just queue up the audio for my podcast that I recorded earlier today and we'll just play it here. And we need be gonna... fresh content. Yeah, no. <laughs> no repeats. No repeats. Because otherwise, Andy, why would they come listen to your show when they can just listen to us? Here? Oh, that, that's I mean, a good point. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to listen to Andy's show. You know, every show on the Ten Twelve Network, except Prod Chalk Podcast, just listen to us. It'll just be a repeat. You don't want to go through that twice. Fresh hot takes. <laughs> no, right out of the oven. No, no, we are going to have to reheat up some hot takes from earlier um, that turned out to not be quite so hot. I think that's something that Philip has planned for the week. We're going to do a nice throwback Thursday clip this week. Oh. Is it me? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'll, no, I'll it's get him. it done. No, 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 no. I'll get it. I'll get it. It was going to do oh, last yeah. week. It still applies this week. I'll get it taken care of. I have I a lot should, to do. I okay. should clip last week when I said I stay, I never stand by any opinion I've ever shared and just have <laughs> that ready. That's the one I should have. If I ever mm-hmm. actually build out like a, a pre-done intro for this show, I'll find that clip. And the one of you saying that like, Ames is, is garbage, and I'll just put those together. Oh, no. Sorry, oh, that's... <laughs> That's fair. That's all right. I don't look. look. What a package deal. Uh, I don't need to defend myself to you. <laughs> no, but it's uh, shout out to you. Do. Yeah. Shout out to Brian, a.k.a. Trax182 on Twitter for getting last Monday's bridge on the River Kwai reference. Yes, that was the uh, Iowa State bridge joke that I made. Someone actually got it. And I'm uh, all I needed was one. All it I takes is one person. That's not surprising. He he seems like a deep dude. He's a nice guy. We appreciate him. He's a good listener. Uh, I want to open with this. No, not Kansas. It's been said all summer, we said it here as well, that the Big 12 would be wide open this season. One of the most wide open conferences. Fun to watch because you really just didn't know who was going to win the conference. Who was even going to make the conference championship? You look at the SEC, it's Georgia and Alabama. And, oh, look at Tennessee's having fun. Cool. You look at the the, the Big Ten, it's Ohio State. Uh, Michigan's so good. Big Noon Saturday's going there two weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Uh, the ACC, I mean, it's, it's wide open, but not in like a fun way. I mean, yeah. It's fine. The Pac-12, I mean, it might be better this year than it's been in a long time, but no one's going to know that because nobody has a Pac-12 network. Good job, Larry <laughs> Scott. And then you come to the Big 12. Wide open. Because, and look, it's four weeks into the season, and that prediction is proving to be very accurate. Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas remain the only undefeated teams in the Big 12. Kansas at 4-0, Oklahoma State, and TCU at 3-0. Sitting atop the Big 12 standings as of today, 1-0 Baylor, 1-0 Kansas, 1-0 Texas Tech, and 1-0 Kansas. Let me me repeat that. Big 12 conference standings, Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. I I was going to say, Kansas is up there twice. Dang, that's really impressive. That's why I didn't didn't keep reading. I read to the end of the line. It didn't continue to the period, which was a mistake on my part. Uh, And Kansas State, all four of those teams... 1-0 1-0 in conference standings, sitting atop the conference, just like we all drew it up, folks. That's, you know, coming into the season. Those are the four teams you expected to be sitting there. Uh, shout out 
to our good friend Keegan Renault put out a nice little tweet. If you look at the ESPN's FPI uh, last year, 2021 through week four, there were five teams in the top 40. The FPI is pretty good. This year, there's eight. There are eight teams in the top 40 of the FPI. Oklahoma, Texas, OSU, Baylor, Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU, and uh, West Virginia at 40th. Yes, two and two West Virginia, who got a nice win on Thursday over Virginia Tech. We'll talk about that in a little bit coming up. Folks, the Big 12 is not just wide open and fun like we all said it would be, like everyone said it would be. In fact, it's the only nice thing, although I think it was said kind of tongue-in-cheek a few times, that anyone nationally wanted to say about the Big 12 all off season leading into the year. Not us, because obviously we're a Big 12 show, and we might be biased, but doesn't mean we're wrong. Andy, Jamie, boy, oh boy, it's been fun. I know Andy's having fun. Obviously, every Rock Chalk Jayhawk Kansas fan is just bleeding blue and having a great time. And that atmosphere looked amazing on Saturday. Absolutely stunning. I expect it will be that way. Honestly, most of the season, unless things just fall off. But even then, I got a feeling, I got a feeling Kansas fans are, are bought in and buying tickets in droves to make sure they can get to every game. But Jamie, Andy, how you been feeling about the season? Just just through, I guess, technically five weeks in, because it's week zero. Uh, the Big 12 should participate in, but doesn't. But how are you guys feeling so far? I mean, it's like you said, it's been entertaining. And I'll, I'll be really, really honest, too. Like, I've said it before, but I didn't grow up engaged in football at all because I wasn't always this big of a sports fan, and Iowa State was just not good. So as I've, like slowly engaged in more and more football coming on this podcast was really big because all of a sudden I'm on here year round. I've, I've got to follow football in some capacity and then Iowa state gets better. And of course, then you start following it, but this is by far the most engaged I've ever been with football. The most I've ever known about football, which, okay. To some of you that may be concerning, but you know, it is what it is, but it's, it's fun. Like it's been super entertaining. You know, there's been, there's really not been many bad or not entertaining games. Like there's been something to see in each of them. You've got so many surprising results. You've got people showing up in ways that you probably wouldn't have predicted preseason. And it's, I don't know. There's just a lot of really interesting storylines to follow in the big 12 alone. And that's just such a cool spot to be in as a fan of a team in the league and the league in general. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, you know, I've heard people already kind of talk about this has really big 2007 year vibes, right? And I would go even further and say this has really big, like, end of 2007 year vibes. Because if everyone remembers back to 2007, those of us that were following football back then, obviously Jamie wasn't. But uh, (laughs) that was a year that started. (laughs) Fair, fair. But it was a year that started out as like any other normal year where we didn't know anything was happening, right, until you were probably in week eight or so and Kansas was, you know, ranked and in, in, in the BCS stand. Like they were – there was all these weird things that were happening and teams were starting to go down, but there wasn't very much early in the year. This year, it has been absolutely ridiculous. We've had upset after upset every single week. We've had just r- tons of weird stories. We've had seven or eight – you know, teams uh, from programs that have just not been very good historically that all of a sudden are doing really well this year. You've got Duke, Syracuse, Kansas. You've got a bunch of them. Like, you could go through and list a ton of teams that normally aren't very good that are actually pretty good this year or at least appear to be very good. 
you know, Minnesota being one of the supposedly best teams in the nation in terms of, you know, like all the numbers that they're putting up. I don't think anybody saw that coming. So there's been so many weird things this year. And the fact that the Big 12 is as showing off as strong as they have been, you know, I was reading uh, Bill Connolly. Um, he was talking about the the SP Plus rankings and the fact that, that the Big 12 has actually almost caught up to the SEC in terms of average SP Plus ranking, um, which he gives a lot of credit to, you know, what what's happening at Kansas because they're no longer like dragging down the average for the for the Big 12. But it's also one of those things like you look at his numbers, they're still using half of preseason expectation as a rating. So if you look at a team like Kansas, if you were to base it based off of what Kansas has done only this year, they'd be much higher than they are. So you look at those preseason ratings as we get more and more of those off. What the Big 12 is doing so far this year is going to become even more apparent and is going to show even better for the conference. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, one Kansas has drugged the Big 12 down. And now that they're good, and they're good. Like, that's not, it's not just like now that Kansas isn't awful. Now that Kansas is good, I mean, we're talking about West Virginia Which, maybe being the worst team in the Big 12, and it's not like West Virginia is bad. They're not a, they're not a bad football team. The like, funny thing is, everyone though, in the Big 12 is good. Like, if you were to have talked about this even last year, I think every single Kansas fan would be like, look, we're not looking for Kansas to be good. We just want them to be not awful. And they went, they like skipped entirely that not awful state <laughs> so far anyway, and are now legitimately a good team. Maybe not a great team, but a good team at least. Skip the not being a meme and straight to everyone's hopping on the Kansas Jayhawk bandwagon because it's a whole lot of fun. Again, you're welcome to join in. Anybody, anywhere. I would say I've been so driving. I've the- been driving this bandwagon for quite a long time. I believe me, there's still plenty of room. Hop right on. We've got uh, some some pretty sick new gear for it too. Uh, yeah, we'll Heck talk yeah. about home field. In a minute, we got some we got some home field things to talk about, people. We got some things to talk about. Uh, meanwhile, we have an ESPN problem. Let's talk <laughs> about first. <laughs> Let's talk about first. Now, it wasn't just Baylor and Iowa State who had to deal with having a split screen so that they could watch Aaron Judge not hit a single ball, but they did in a race to record the oh ESPN split screened college football. Uh, because Aaron, every time Aaron Judge would go up to bat because he's in a race to tie the AL record for home runs in a season or something, as I understand it. I don't watch baseball. I'm sorry. I watch college baseball. I'm fine with that. And I watch minor league because minor league is the most fun baseball you can possibly have. You have the alternate mascots and weird nights. And yeah, sorry. There, there's a there's a team called the Trash Let's Niners. not get distracted, Philip. Oh, you know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Montgomery Biscuits. That's all I'm going to say. Montgomery Biscuits. Um, but yeah, they decided to throw that up because ESPN doesn't actually care about college football. They worried about apparently a bunch of college football fans. And I know there's people who love baseball. That's fine. I'm not making I don't have a problem with baseball. It's your thing. But that's crap. It's absolute crap to put that up there while people are trying to watch their game. Because I'm sure there are plenty of Iowa State and Baylor fans and fans of other games that were on. I think Clemson and and, uh, and yeah, Wake they, was one of them. They did it during Clemson and Wake as well because I was actually watching that bro- or half watching that broadcast up in the press box and. Uh, they kept breaking in to that. It was just like nobody cared. Like nobody wants to see this. There's, I feel like there's very little crossover. Like I would like to see the actual analysis of the I crossover. Mean, I like of baseball. People who care about those two things on an equal level, where they yeah. wouldn't strongly prefer one or the other. Yeah, like I like baseball. I'll watch baseball. But if I'm watching college football, I want to watch college football. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want random other break-ins. That blows my mind. Good thing I was there. I would have lost. It. I have brand new TV. I would have put my phone through it. 
I mean, you had plenty of other things to lose it for, but you know that that right. would have been pushing you over the edge, right? Maybe I would have preferred it. I think it's good that ESPN doesn't get to control the playoff and doesn't get to control college football and, and be the people who make all the decisions because if that's how you're going to treat the sport, and we already know how you really treat the sport, it's all SEC. Then I don't really think it should be in your hands because that was absolute crap. Now let's talk about the lineup for this week in the Big 12, and we'll pick our game that we want to, but let's look at the times for the games this week. Um, OU, TCU, 11 a.m. on ABC, cool. It's ABC, not Fox, who's big noon because, again, they're doing Michigan for the second week in a row. You think Fox isn't already on the Big Ten all-in bandwagon? That's going to be so gross, too. <laughs> no, it's Michigan, Iowa. Why would Should you we have another roaster? Iowa? God. Ugh. Even Eric's Iowa fans a, are like, please stop. My brother's tagline for uh, Iowa State, Kansas is, it's the opposite of the game versus Iowa. And I think they should adopt that officially. I like it. I like so, it. so, uh, so Candace's nickname should be the anti-Iowa. I mean, I don't know that's about a like that. Honor. No, that's a badge of honor. Put it on a shirt. Home no. field. Oh, yes, you Baylor. Very cool. Two thirty on Fox. That's a nice spot. Uh, Iowa State at Kansas. Two thirty ESPN. Two. One nighttime game again. It's West Virginia at Texas. On FS1. Yeah, there's only one nighttime game last week, too. Got a lot, whole lot loaded up at the same time. Whole lot loaded up at the same time this week. Oh, by the way, two teams who are currently sitting 1-0 in the conference standings, Texas Tech and Kansas State, are at 11 a.m. on ESPN+. And I don't have an ESPN Plus problem, but I have a problem with Texas Tech and Kansas State being on ESPN+, Plus when there's two teams sitting atop conference standings at this point in the season. Yeah, I'm in fact very pro ESPN Plus for how much it widens accessibility, but mm -hmm. like then mm -hmm. use your limited national slots for like the good important game. Like I don't know. Decision making there blows my mind. Sometimes. I mean, I think the problem here really is just the fact that those ESPN Plus games get determined if not before the season, then like at least 3 or 4 weeks beforehand. Right? Like because Texas Tech and Kansas State, they looked at the they looked at the schedule and said, Oh well, there's no way Kansas State beats Oklahoma and there's no way Texas Tech beats Texas. So we're just gonna stick that game on ESPN Plus because it's a game that most people probably aren't gonna care about, you know, unless you're a fan of one of those two teams. The problem is, obviously, those two teams decided to actually, you know, step up and show something. And so now we have two teams that are looking like they're on the swing up that are stuck on ESPN Plus. You know, I'm just I'm just happy that they they aren't as far out, like, because if, if they had picked all of those ESPN Plus games before the season even started, that means that you'd be seeing half of Kansas games on ESPN Plus when, you know, they could potentially be a ranked team by the time that actually happens. Agreed. Uh, game days to Clemson, NC State. Okay. Big noon, as I said, to a second straight Michigan game. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, maybe this week Josh Pate won't just follow game day. And I don't mean that bad. Like, I like Josh Payne. He does a good job. I think he's a guy who is a good advocate for college football and the things that are great about college football. But, you know, actually, I think I saw it's uh, Ole Miss, Kentucky this week. So, I mean, at least there's Kentucky and Ole Miss, I guess, SEC schools. Whoop-de-doo. Can we give Kansas some love? Like, can we actually give them some love? Can we actually treat the Big 12? Like, can we go to some Big 12 games that aren't just featuring an SEC team? That'd be nice. We'd love that. Uh, 
Speaking of uh, of insults, Kansas is 26th in the AP. They're unranked, and it's only because they're Kansas. And Gerald Goodridge said it best, our good friend from the Longhorn uh, Republic podcast, uh, if the if Texas had their record against the schedule that they had played, there would be people talking about them as potential playoff team. Meanwhile, Kansas is 26th at 4-0 with a better resume and have beaten better teams than some teams who remain ranked just because they were ranked in the preseason or because they're not Kansas. That's like the best point, yeah. like the best way I've heard it put. Well, the other one, the other one that I saw as well was, look at Tom Fernelli. He said, all you need to know is that Kansas is 26th and 4-0 and Florida is 2-2 two and two and 28th. Just like, now, yeah. The, 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 like the, the vote point difference is pretty drastic, but still two spots behind them. People are still voting Florida in the top 25. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's they crazy should be, and who should be ballots. one and three? Who should be one and three? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, and they probably would still be getting votes. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. We got less. Let's got. Let's talk about this past weekend. Let's talk about this past weekend. But first, hey, this is Jamie Steyer Johnson, host of the Cyclone Family Podcast. I host a show with my brother Eric Steyer, and the two of us were raised in the ISU athletic department. As my mom has coached women's basketball for over twenty years. Our involvement didn't stop there, and I've been a radio analyst for Cyclone Women's Basketball since 2019, and Eric spent his 2018 to 2022 years as a walk-on on the men's side. We get together each week to talk about what's happening in the world of Cyclone sports, whether that be current seasons, former players, or whatever else we find to be of interest. We'd love to have you join us. The Cyclone Family Podcast. When you listen, your family. Do you think Olive Garden can sue me for that? Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. All right, lots of games this weekend. Let's talk off uh, with the two biggest upsets. I think that's where we should go first. Texas Tech is 1-0 in conference play. After a win over Texas on Saturday, according to Bill Connolly, Tech had a 2.4% win expectancy and pulled it off. I was watching in that game, and I was texting our good friend Chris, who's on the show. I was texting my good friend Joel, and they're like, Tech! Tech's gonna, and I said, I will believe that Tech is going to not screw this up when they have the lead with the score at zero. Tech almost screwed this thing up by allowing Texas to march down the field in like no time left whatsoever with some blown coverage to set up a field goal to tie and take it to an overtime. And then the unthinkable happened for Texas. Bijan Robinson fumbles on the first, Texas's first play in OT. Texas Tech kicks a game winning field goal and the Fans storm the field and bless you fans. I love a good field storm. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Never, ever tell anyone when or why or how they should storm the field. I don't care who you're playing. Do it. Kansas should be storming the field every home game when they win a game this season. They just should because they've had them building up for so long. They deserve it. Yeah, look, Kansas students did jump on the field after that one to go celebrate. Um, it was just the students. Well, and then my two kids who decided, Hey, we see people jumping on the field. We want to do it too. Cause it sounds like fun. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those things. It wasn't like it was a ton of fans all over the place rushing, you know, like it was, you could tell the student section emptied, but I mean, I don't necessarily see a problem with it. You know, it was an undefeated team. It was a big win. It was, 
you know, very, very exciting. And kind of to your point, like, I don't know that you really should ever, like, that's, that's the worst kind of article that you can write or the worst kind of tweet is the holier than thou, you know, man, these people should act like they've been there before or any sort of comment that you can make on that because the vast majority of the people that are actually rushing the field, they've never been there before. So let them have some fun. So a big key takeaway for me from this week, and I think there's a couple of games, these first two in particular, I'm having a hard time deciphering what to take away from these games. Uh, because, and it's not a shot at Tech, I do think Tech, I said they're going to pull off an upset this way season. Um, but this was not how I thought this game would go at all. These are two teams who've been playing good defense and combined for 68 points in, in regulation. And of course, you had another three with the overtime. Uh, Donovan Smith played really well. I, th- I thought he played quite well. 38 for 56 for 331 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Tech ran the ball well. Texas played like Texas. It's a, had a halftime lead, blew it, had a fourth quarter lead, blew it. I believe the status look. Texas is 7-9 under Sarkeesian, held a halftime lead in five of those nine losses, held a fourth quarter lead in five of those nine losses. They had double-digit leads in four of those nine losses. Texas pulled it. Texas is back, folks. The Texas that we actually have known for the last decade, or at least the last two years, is back. It's still here this year. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's still a Texas that blows leads. I just, I come away from this game and say, I don't know how much of this was tech is better than we thought, and we should be putting a lot more onto tech, and how much tech just Texas just kind of played the game we've been seeing them play. And we said two weeks ago when they lost a close game that they probably should have won against Alabama. I want two more weeks to see before I say Texas is, you know, I'm buying all in. I'm not buying all in because they did exactly what I was afraid they would do. They beat UTSA on the back of Bijan being awesome and a pick six. And then this week they go up against Texas Tech team, have a big lead and blow it just like last year. I don't know what to take away long season term from this beyond the fact that Tech is 1-0 in conference play and Texas is 0-1 and 2-2 and on the season. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of talk, I think, from people that were following Texas that said, man, look at all the, you know, players that Sarker turned over. He brought in a bunch of his guys, you know, all this stuff about things are going to be different this year because it's a brand new team. Yet they're doing exactly the same thing we've seen from them in the last five, six years where, you know, they are, no offense to Texas Tech, but they're playing down to the level of their opponent quite often and allowing other teams to stay in games where they probably should have no business staying in the games. I think this solidifies what I was thinking about in terms of Texas, you know, competing with Alabama. That was a lot more about Alabama getting tons of penalties and just playing the way that Alabama doesn't usually play than it was about Texas making huge strides moving forward. That's not to say that Texas is going to be a bad team the rest of the year. But I think that what we saw is that the defense that we saw against Alabama is not the defense that they're going to have all year long. They're going to have problems defensively. People have had, you know, will be able to find holes in what they're doing. And, you know, Hudson Card, as, as gritty as he played in this game, I don't know that they can really rely on him to be a guy to win them a game. And that's what they need at this point. It's a lot like what I, you know, was saying about Kansas State where, Kansas State is absolutely fantastic with Deuce Vaughn and they have a really good defense, but you have, there are going to be games where you have to rely on the quarterback to go out and win the game for you. Hudson Guard is not a guy that I think can do that. When they get Quinn Ewers back, hopefully he'll be healthy enough that he can go ahead and do that for them. But as it stands right now, this is going to be 
a difficult season for Texas unless something changes drastically. Yeah, I wish I had more to add to that. I think it's funny. I don't know. It like I it's not surprising in in the slightest, really. Like props tech, like that's Hey, look, I will say that, like, I think one of the biggest predictors of success is, like, recovering from disappointment or from an error and stuff like that. So, like, to go out and overtime and win it like that, like, sick. It was kind of wild to see them, like, keep going for the touchdown instead of the field goal. Like, they, <laughs> boy, they, want, they wanted to win by six. They really wanted to win by six. Uh. After you like after you see someone fumble on the opposing team, I feel like what I would take from that is ah yes, a gift. I think we can hit this short field goal, but hey, you know what? Whatever works and it, it worked. I just man, it was funny. I was like, dang, they're really they're rolling it back out there. All right. It was, it was weird, too, because you thought that if they're going to keep running it, that they would at least, you know, get it set up in a good spot where you want it. But if I remember correctly, right. they ended up having to do the kick from like it was a really short kick from a hash mark, which is absolutely not what you want to do. Like it's a, a short one that you should make, but you set yourself up at an angle for that kicker that unless it's the hash mark that he really likes to kick from, um, that could be a big problem. So like it ended I was up being surprised. such a weird little chip shot. <laughs> yeah, it was it was strange. Donovan Smith had no, no, no. They had the right play call on third down. Smith had it, and he tripped. Yeah, he the, the turf monster grabbed him. Fair, fair. And Smith Smith had that ball. He was about to have his moment of glory, and he just tripped. And so they had to settle for the field goal. But they got the win. I'll say this, Andy. I, I Texas a D plant played lights out against Alabama, and I give them full credit. And so the issue was more. We've seen Texas get up for those games. They play well in those games. LSU. A few years back with Joe Burrow, we saw, you know, the Notre Dame where Texas is back, Texas is back. Heck, bowl games against Georgia, right? We've seen them get up for these games. And maybe Texas will do well in the SEC because they're just going to play Alabama and Georgia and those teams all the time. And it's the only way they can get themselves up to go compete in a game. But they can't do it consistently. They cannot maintain that consistency. And that's why we said, I want to see this for a few more weeks to see if it's for real or if it's just you got up for Alabama. That's exactly what it was. You were better than UTSA last week. Congrats. You played Texas Tech and it did not come out with the win. I will be intrigued. Here's my thing on Texas at this point. When Qu- I'm waiting until Quinn Ewers comes back and then I want to see what Texas looks like for a couple of weeks. Because for right now, you know, they could probably beat West Virginia at home next weekend. Uh, I hate that spot for West Virginia. You'd like to get them coming off of an overtime win as opposed to a loss, but it is what it is. Uh, you mentioned quarterback play and it needing to be great. It was for Kansas State against Oklahoma. That is the Adrian Martinez we were all hoping we would see coming into the season. That's the guy we said he can go to Kansas State and be lights out. They will better protect him better. They will put him in a better position. They will have a better offensive scheme. They'll have better weapons. That was a absolute take over the game, put it on your shoulders performance from Adrian Martinez against Oklahoma. It was fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic from him. Kansas State getting the win over Oklahoma. Climate is now 3-1 and one against Oklahoma. So obviously the Sooners are really going to the SEC to get away from Kansas State because they're, having, they're tired of having to face them every year. Right. Oklahoma and Texas are leaving because 
they, you know, Oklahoma doesn't want to deal with Kansas State, and they're both afraid of the Kansas power that is emerging in the in the Big Twelve. So they're gonna you know. put in a clause in the SEC that like no team is allowed to play in the state of Kansas or something just to <laughs> try and try and get around that. <laughs> but no, I mean Adrian Martinez, like this is this is what everybody had been promising from him, right? And I think there is still the question of how consistently can they do it because we have seen a Kansas State team that has a quarterback, right, that can have really good lights-out games but then doesn't do much in other games. And so what we – well, what I'm – before I'm ready to buy in entirely to Kansas State is going to be a good team, I want to see Martinez do it at least one more time because we have seen the fantastic Skylar Thompson games. Maybe not quite to this level. Like, I do think that the ceiling of this one was a lot higher than what we saw from Skylar Thompson. But, you know, the two-lane game is a thing. Like, Martinez was awful in that game. And now he was completely the other direction, fantastic against Oklahoma. And so, where does he settle in the, in, in the, in the general? You know, like, from week to week, how consistent is he? I think it's very similar to a situation like, like with Donovan Smith, right? He was, he was great in that game against Texas. But the week before, he was not good at all, throwing picks. The week that he won Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, you know, he had a bunch of picks. Like, he has been inconsistent, but when he plays good, he plays really good. Same with Martinez. So I'm expecting, like, you know that with Kansas State, the defense is going to be there. They're going to have a solid defense. They're going to have Deuce Vaughn who can run and can do a lot of stuff for that offense. The question is, are you going to get really good Adrian Martinez and have a really good game? Or are you going to get really bad Adrian Martinez and it's going to look like that two-lane game? So Kansas State just needs some consistency from him, and they can do a lot this year. It was funny. I said on Twitter that I was going to have to listen to last week's episode to get exactly what I said, but I 100% did not do that. I do not like listening to myself, and also, lazy, also forgot about it until we just started this conversation. So you know, is what it is. But I talked about K-State and Oklahoma both last week, and the things I was saying kept leading to, like, what could be a really logical conclusion that I was saying I thought K-State would beat Oklahoma. And so I kept adding the disclaimer that, like, I wasn't necessarily predicting that. Because I wasn't, but it didn't seem that far outside of the realm of possibility potentially and then you saw it play out you know it's I was really impressed with the way they adjusted obviously Martinez played a lot better but they also I think adjusted what they asked of him and their game plan you know giving him the opportunity to run a lot more obviously I don't know a whole lot about Tulane versus Oklahoma as far as defenses go whether that was more of an adjustment on K-State's part or more of what was allowed of them but the fact that he was allowed to run so much more and wasn't having to try to you know shovel things downfield as much was certainly a benefit but whatever it was that led to him being able to perform that much better like that's obviously a terrific adjustment being able to make adjustments early in the season is is huge you know if if as a coaching staff if as players you can see, hey, this is what's working. Hey, this is what isn't working quite as much. And you can change things week to week based on that. Like, obviously, that's a huge benefit. And then on the other side, you know, I was saying I I just didn't know that I was super bought in on Oklahoma yet. 
and I still don't really know what I think of them. Kansas State is by no means a bad team. They're probably going to live up a little bit more to the higher of their potential than last week. I was a little bit lower on them. I didn't quite know where they landed, but I just, I mean, Oklahoma really hasn't proven themselves against a solid opponent still now. And so you're going into another big 12 matchup this coming week. And you're saying, you know, you don't have any gimme games. I I talked about this on my show. The big 12 doesn't have gimme games anymore ever. And you know, you're, you're going to have to figure something out because I'm not saying Oklahoma's tanking this season by any means. They're going to win. They're going to win plenty of games, but they just still haven't proven anything. And we're like a third of the way through the season. Yeah. I, I use defense. They had issues in this game. They had issues tackling in this game. It just, Covering Andrew Martinez, obviously that wasn't easy, the way he played. But, like, OU's defense had some issues, and it was obvious. And so we're going to see if they can fix those. I, I, we're so used to OU. They use, lose, if they lose a game, they lose it early, and then they figure everything out, and they get rolling. But this isn't – this is a different coaching staff. And so like, I, I still think OU is really good. Uh, I understand they haven't, you know, beaten anybody, but they've – at the end of the day, beating them well. And I think it's Bill Connolly's numbers show Oklahoma is still the overwhelming favorite to get the Big 12 title, to win the Big 12 title. I think it's, oh, what is it? They have the biggest percentage, and then there's basically a four team, like, jam packed, crammed hallway of, like, Texas, Kansas State, uh, OSU, and Baylor, I think it was, to be there to face Oklahoma. And I just, like, at this point, we're one week into conference play. We don't know. We just don't know. And so we'll see what Oklahoma does. Um, Adrian Martinez, fantastic performance. Uh, just 234 yards through the air and a passing touchdown, 148 yards on the ground, four rushing touchdowns. So he counted for five touchdowns and yards that were a lot. I don't want to do math. Let's see. Three carry the watch is two, hmm. seven, seven, two, 382. Yes. 382. Good job. Thank you. Hey, art major for a reason. Uh, look, he's probably going to get player of the week, offensive player of the week in the Big 12 this week uh, when the conference announces those awards. That seems very likely, and for good reason. He had a fantastic performance. Um, he Very similar performance. Let me point this out. What did we say that was? 372? 372? Yep. Um, somebody else this week. Wait, wait, real quick. Before you jump over there, because I, I know exactly where you're going, but just thoughts yeah. on Oklahoma. Because the defense, like, I think I, I said this at halftime, right? I didn't know at that point the game was just kind of, eh. Like, I wasn't learning anything about Kansas State or Oklahoma from that point. Like, I had questions about Oklahoma coming in the year, what the defense was going to look like, what they could do, and their first few performances didn't really inspire me to change my mind on that. And, you know, I still had the same kind of question. And same with the, you know, the questions I had for Kansas State coming into the year. Halftime nothing was really answered. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kansas state was leading. They looked like they were looking some like pretty good in all phases of the game, but it wasn't anything special at that point. But that second half, Adrian Martinez just took off. And, and, and I do agree with you that he is one of two people that is very likely to kind of be the guys that they're looking at for, you know, offensive player of the year. I will be very interested to see, I'm sorry, player of the week. I keep doing that. I keep saying player of the year when I mean to say player of the week. Um, 
but, he's ready to make some decisions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it was funny because I was doing that over on my podcast like a lot. But anyway, um, you know, I w- also wouldn't be shocked if they decide to do it similar to what they've done where they'll make one of them newcomer of the week and the other one the offensive player of the week. Um, you know, even though, but anyway, I'll, I'll let you make your transition. I'm sorry that I ruined it, but you know, Oklahoma definitely does not, uh, uh, has a lots of questions that still have not been answered to this point. They could pull it together, but they don't at this moment strike fear into my heart. No. And, and the numbers that you were talking about in terms of showing Oklahoma as the overwhelming favorite still is, as we talked about earlier, still relying on preseason expectations heavily. And so we are fast approaching the point where, you need to stop paying attention to what you thought in the preseason because they're showing you what's happening on the field. Um, I'm a big fan of beta rank, uh, Rob Bowron or Bowron. I forget. I need to get him on the show. Um, his model is entirely in season data, uh, required or heavy. Um, so it takes a few weeks to really get going. Um, he does a really good job. I'm, I want to take a deep dive on his numbers this week. Cause we've got enough data on everybody to really kind of, get a good idea as a, compared to team or data that is still reliant on, on preseason. So yeah. So what do we say? Martinez, 372 yards and five touchdowns. That's what he accounted for. Had a very nice, I think, uh, let me, let me pull it back up. Uh, we always post the, uh, the quarterback QBRs on our Instagram at 10, 12 pod on the gram. Martinez with a QBR ESPN's quarterback rating of 89.6. Just so happens this what happens. 372 yards, five touchdowns, 89.6. There's another quarterback in the state of Kansas on Saturday who had a fantastic performance. He had 378 yards and five touchdowns, one through the air, four on the ground. Am I, am I, uh, looked at that. Wait, no. What am I looking at? Oh man. No, I'm showing he had, uh, he had more, sorry. 407 yards. You might be yeah, looking at sorry. last week for him. I just, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to do too many things on a mobile phone, which is really hard. He had four TDs through the air and one on the ground. I'm sorry, okay? I'm, the, I'm correcting my mistake live. Yeah, he had basically... We'll do exact, it live! We'll do had, it live! He had the exact opposite, right, of what Martinez did. Martinez had four touchdowns on the ground. Daniels had four touchdowns through the through the air. Um, yeah. I love when was, I try to make a point and it doesn't work. I'll say this, though. QBR, 98.3. Daniels... Leads the Big 12 in QBR for the third straight week. That's three out of four weeks this season. At this point in the year, and it's still early, but he's the Big 12's best quarterback. If you had to go ahead and pick first team Big 12 quarterback this year, it's it's Daniels and and it's, and it's not say, even well, so close and so at well, this so point. And, no, it's not. No, it's it's not. It is it is it is Jalen Daniels. He leads the Big 12 in QBR for the third straight week. Leads it total overall. Yeah, like he's been fantastic for Kansas and, and his Kansas offense. He is, he is the biggest reason this Kansas offense is for real because he is for real. He is legit. He has been incredible. Uh, he is every time Kansas pumps out Jalen Daniels content on, on Twitter, I will sit and watch it. Cause he's just, he's also just such a great guy to root for. It's an easy person to root for. He seems like a good guy. He's been incredibly impressive. This Kansas offense is real. It's not, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's not just, well, they're making crazy things happen. This is, they're schemed well. Oh, man, like their receivers are open. And I'm just like, I want that for my team. Um, <laughs> peek inside Phillip's uh, Twitter or, uh, text messages sometimes on Saturdays. Scheme them open. Uh, Andy, 
Jamie, here's a good time to go get another drink. I'm gonna let Andy talk about Kansas for a couple of minutes. I mean, I'm everyone. Not... You can all go get a drink. We're all we'll just we'll all meet back here in about five. Yeah, okay. that's funny. Not... I actually do need one. <laughs> no, that's great. But no, I mean, I'm not gonna take forever, Philip. Come on. Uh, no, you know, this is one of those things, though. I think the biggest thing and why it is so easy to root for a guy like Dylan Daniels. You know, you ask him a question about how this happened or what, you know, like, what was he doing there? What was he thinking there? Almost invariably, he turns to and talks about somebody else on the team. And and I think that's the biggest thing that we have seen it. Like, you always hear people talk about unselfish play. We always, you know, hear about, you know, like, sharing all the credit and all of this, you know, stuff from coaches. It's really hard to find players who actually do that and find players who actually play unselfishly. And I think that this Kansas team has a bunch of players that have bought into the idea of playing unselfishly. The fact that, you know, Jalen Daniels spreads the ball around to so many different players. It's uh, honestly, it's kind of insane. Like he's had, I think he's had 13 different receivers this year already, um, which has been absolutely ridiculous. Luke Grimm caught five passes in this game. And that is the most that a receiver has caught in a, in a game this year from Daniels. So the fact that he spreads it around so much is I think the biggest the biggest deal. This game was impressive because Jalen Daniels had started to make a name for himself on the ground, you know, with his ability to run, his ability to make plays with his legs. And he still showed that ability in this game. But the throwing here was just absolutely phenomenal. This was his passing game where he, you know, showed that he has the ability to make a lot of those passes, those back shoulder passes, a lot of the other things that you need to do to be a successful quarterback. So this was, like you said, he is he has been the best quarterback in the Big Twelve so far this year. I think the only the only player who might be able to you know make an argument for being in that discussion would be Max Duggan with what he's done at TCU. But uh, yeah, it's been phenomenal what we've seen from from Jalen Daniels, and it's made the offense ex- really exciting to watch. I mean, I, I can keep going if you guys want me to, but. No, that's Jamie opening the drink that she literally went to go get while Andy Yeah, I know, exactly. It was great. This Funny one thing tastes is... like morning. Orange pineapple. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Like in morning or like the sunrise morning? Because those are two very different things. The latter, but also kind of the former. Just right now, though. <laughs> uh, look, Kansas, Kansas State, two schools, uh, two fan bases that are celebrating and should be celebrating – because both got really cool special releases from home field on Saturday in honor of their wins. Kansas State, Kansas got a football t-shirt. Kansas got a Kansas Jayhawk football. Looks like straight out of the 90s throwback t-shirt. It's incredible. The Kansas They were State probably one. so excited to approve that. <laughs> like, seriously. Okay, I... How, how quick can you print this? Well, no, it, it was funny because, like, when the line came out from home field, right, I was like, the only thing this is missing is a football T-shirt. Like, I understand that, you know, Kansas football right now is not that great, but, which is a, quite a bit of an understatement, but, like, this, <laughs> this is, you know, this is a program that has had very good teams in the past, and so I was surprised they didn't have at least one football T-shirt, but they have a great one now. Like, I saw it. I want that one. I would buy so many, um, you know so many of them so that I can have them and give them away to all of my closest family and friends. And it's, it's fantastic stuff. And I'm starting to ramble. So go ahead, Philip. Take it back over. It's okay. 
Kansas special release. That is awesome. Kansas State special release. Wildcat Nation K-State shirt. It's a, it's a black shirt. I'm not used to seeing black t-shirts from home field. It's a very, it's not a normal thing from Big 12 schools. I think it's like Wake has some black shirts, but it's it's still pretty cool. If you've never bought from home field, here's, here, let's just, okay. If you never bought from home field, Network 12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, go get one of these brand new shirts, okay? Kansas, Kansas State fans, um, you can use Andy here. He's got a promo code. It's Chalk12, C-H-A-L-K-1-2, if you want to go grab that KU shirt. You never bought before. So if you're a first-time shopper, use the promo code for 15% off for first time. Now, we teased this on Thursday. We tweeted about it on Sunday. The whole network's going to be pushing it. We have had Homefield as our longest-running sponsor here on the 1012 Podcast and for the 1012 Network. They have been incredible. Whitney and Connor are great. We all know that they produce the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you'll find anywhere. They are incredibly comfortable. I don't just mean like they're the most comfortable because everyone else's are itchy. Like They're just comfy shirts. Um, they're incredible vintage, well-researched designs. They put a ton of effort and energy into these things. They want to have as much fun with them as possible. They have been a fantastic partner. And so now, here at the 1012, it is 1012 week at Homefield. We have an exclusive offer just for the 1012 network for the 10 current Big 12 schools. You'll find this link in our show notes. You can find the link all over Twitter. It's really easy to get to if you go to homefieldapparel.com forward slash collections forward slash 10 dash 12 dash week. Uh, it's long. And I know. So just click the link in the show notes. Make it easy on yourself. It'll you can be there. Google home field 10, 12. That works. <gasps> Man, that's even. Oh, I'm going to do that. Home field 10, 12. T-E-N-2. That's what I did to promote it before I gave a bunch of wrong info that I'm going to have to go cut and fix. <laughs> I forgot our code and stuff. I don't know. Just remember that if you're going to Google it, you have to do 10 and 12 separately. You cannot mash them together like the podcast name, because that was my mistake. I tried oh. to find it that way, and I couldn't find it, and that was why. Well, the promo code is 1012WEEK, T-E-N-1-2-W-E-E-K, all cap. There is one shirt for each school available, current 10, 12, or current 10 Big 12 schools. Whether you're a first-time shopper or a repeat customer, you get 15% off. All of these exclusive collection just for us. They've got a Texas shirt. They've got a, they've got an awesome hail to the KU Kansas shirt, the old KU. Uh, they've got the OU national champ 13 year old 2000 national champ tee is on there. The Rodham Cowboys with Pistol Pete is on there. The Pride of Wildcat Land is on there. The Rah Rah TCU, the one that I have of the Horn Frog and a fur coat with a pennant because every every school should have a mascot in a fur coat with a pennant design on a t-shirt. I have two of them that exist from Homefield. I need the third. The Cyclone basketball tee is freaking awesome. The basketball shirt for Texas Tech is the Wreckham with the Red Raider firing the pistol and bouncing a basketball. The Sikkim Bear is the really cool real-life bear graphic. Guys, this collection that they put together, one shirt for each school, is amazing. If you've bought from Homefielder before, you can save 15% on all these shirts. Buy just your own school. If you don't have it yet, buy from some of the other ones. Go to Homefield Apparel.com. Google Homefield 1012. 
go to our show notes. The link is in there. Use the promo code 1012week, T-E-N-1-2-W-E-E-K. This only lasts until 11.59 p.m. this coming Sunday. This is one week. It's going on right now. It goes until this coming Sunday night at 11.59 p.m. and it's over. Here's the big thing I want to say. Just just personally, um, go shop, go buy. Um, this is a, a huge opportunity for us as a network. Um, doing this and this going well and these selling well means it would uh, give us the opportunity potentially to do some more really cool, unique, exclusive things with home field for, for you guys, for our, our listeners, the fans of the show, the fans of every show on this network. Um, so if you don't have one of them yet, if you've been wanting some other big 12 school shirts, 10, 12 week, it's 15% off every shirt in this collection. Link in the links in the show notes. It'll be all over Twitter. Uh, it'll be in the stories on Instagram. As Jamie said, Google home field, 10, 12, space out the 10 and the 12. You'll find it in there. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this football and basketball season. Go shop Homefield. Just go do it. I know I am looking forward to picking up the, as I call it, the horn frog in a pimp coat. Uh, that's, it is. That's shirt. exactly what I called yeah. it on my show. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have it's, to be it's careful the, with how I cut it. It's I got to keep that. Yeah. It's the it's the grandpa horn frog in a, in a, in a pimp coat. That's the way yep. it was originally described to me, and it will always forever be that. For for a pimp coat with a with a purple pennant. And that shirt is awesome, and I have that shirt, and it's super comfortable. And it's like the heathered, like, white. So it's like white with, like, the heathered gray into it. It's freaking cool. It's a good shirt. It's one of my favorite shirts. And my wife's like, why do you keep wearing this T-shirt shirt? And I'm like, it's, just, it's a horned frog in a fur coat. I knew I was there was a, a rock. Reason. I know there was a, rock a reason and a I was super lazy and still hadn't ordered the Cyclone basketball one that came out. I knew there was a reason, and it's so that I could use it to promote this and get it on sale. And then Heck yeah. I can order one for everyone I know. Every one of these is great. I can't believe they did this for us. It was so cool. All right, go shop it. Do it. Just do it for us. Do it for you. Do it for your collection. Do it for home field. We appreciate it. Um, all right, Jamie, I've, I've, I've held on this as long as possible. Baylor. 1-0 means that Iowa State is 0-1 in conference play and no longer undefeated. I didn't get to watch a lot of this game, uh, I will admit. Uh, it's not fine. like I have Sundays to go do a lot of rewatch. Sorry. Uh, three kids. I'll hammer that until they're all moved out. Uh, I'll still have three kids, but they just won't all be here. Uh, there's a reason I record from a playroom now. Anyways, I love them. That, it just... Come it on, was Phil. not as close Stay and competitive. <laughs> Go Thank ahead. you. Andy is becoming my like my my pullback coach. What do they what do they call the guy who has to hold the coach off the field? The, the get back get, guy. The, yeah. the get back coach. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Andy's my get back coach. Uh, somebody wants to Photoshop that onto like I don't know Matt Campbell and whoever his is. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I want to get like three get back coaches on the show and just talk to them. Okay, I swear I'm done. Jamie, Iowa State, uh, you were there. I mean, was it was it more competitive than it felt like it was? Just kind of keep track of the game, or does does the story kind of fit with with what it felt like? It. I mean, I'll, what I'll say, first of all, is that it's a really, really big shame that the game started the way it did because the environment, like, up to kickoff was incredible. Like, didn't quite sell out, but I felt like the crowd was loud. They were hyped. Like, it felt like a really, really fun atmosphere. 
and then the start of the game was about as big of a buzzkill as you could possibly muster. Um, and from there, it I won't say it went exactly downhill from there, because to have one of your best defensive players ejected and give up like freaking half the field in penalties, it I mean that's that's pretty bad, and it ended up being a one-score game. So it wasn't exactly downhill from there. But you just never felt like it was back in hand. Like there, there really wasn't a point where I was like, "Hey, we're back in it." Like it always just kind of felt like, "Ah, this just doesn't feel. It it just doesn't feel right." Like the vibes are off in this game, and it's unfortunate because to have that feeling right when you start the game like that just puts such a damper on everything else like you just couldn't string together the right plays to to pull it back and ultimately like it 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 is what it is like I was saying on my show like going into week five if you tell me that we're three and one like I'd, I'd probably take it like if I if I'm assuming we're splitting Iowa and Baylor that's that's okay um, as far as like season long aspirations go, but, you know, Eric was saying that it, it just kind of feels like this, this butterfly effect where it's like, what if, you know, what if Freeler doesn't get booted immediately? Uh, and then his particular spot ends up being a huge, huge, huge spot for Baylor to attack the rest of the game, you know, and then you basically let them march down the field for free, but then you go and you let them convert to fourth downs like those that's not on the refs that's on Iowa State and so it yeah it, it pretty much felt like what it looked like um to feel like we had maybe like a semblance of a chance in the fourth quarter was kind of crazy to have that touchback then ruled recovery like that was bizarre and I still don't really know how I feel about that whole series it just kind of felt like yeah of course we're gonna have like this little glimmer of hope uh, but ultimately, like, nothing really come of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my, my biggest takeaway is just, like, I was I went into this way more in-depth over at Cycle Family, but I'm so sick of, like, there having to be any narrative about refs around Iowa State games. Like, I desperately wish that it didn't even have to be discussed at all. And I'm not saying that it's, like, the reason that a game was lost. Like, I... I am not at all saying like, well, if the refs didn't do this, like we win the game at all. Like that's, I don't think that that's ever accurate, let alone here. But like, you can't say that they're not impactful and it's just annoying to have it always be that big of a factor and have it feel like, I say feel like, you know, like I'm only a fan of one team. Ultimately, I don't know how other fan bases feel, but it just feels like it's disproportionately that like, they are so impactful Iowa State's games. I wish that we could like have pulled it together more and have it not be a factor, you know, but it just gets annoying where you review things that are maybe kind of ticky tack. You don't review things that seem pretty blatant and it just gets old. I just wish I, I didn't have to talk about it. I wish I didn't have to see it on my timeline. I'm over it, but you can't be because they keep doing stuff and I'm sick of it, man. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I went back and I watched it um, because I was kind of curious, you know, with how bad a lot of people were, were talking about it. 
And it was one of those things, like, if they had called it in the run of play and then went ahead and reviewed it, it was one of those, like, by the letter of the rule, you know, I could understand why they would have called it. But they did it on review. It was borderline enough that I was like, is that really a targeting? Like, if they had called it, I wouldn't have been able to overturn it. Um, so, but then I think, I think the biggest thing that comes for me out of this game was, well, I guess really three different things. One, the fact that there's a lot of Baylor fans, including, um, you know, our wonderful friends over at Between Two Bears that are talking about how, you know, Baylor was able to dominate in this game and that it wasn't a, a factor at all. I don't agree with that. The fact that you lose Frailer that early had a huge fact on this game, especially when you think about the fact that, you know, Campbell was hyped up. He burned a timeout so he could yell at the refs. Like there were things that happened as a result of that, that snowballed throughout the game. The fact that Iowa State was able to come back and actually be in this game was, I think, a huge credit to what Iowa State's done. But the other thing that really stood out to me in this game, and this is this is something that I'm not sure is necessarily going to get better, is the fact that, you know, this Iowa State offense, I, I'm, I'm wondering what we're going to see from them because we saw a very Matt Campbell-esque Iowa State offense and that the quarterback is not asked to do a whole bunch. Um, you know, and, and the times where Hunter Deckers tried to do a little bit more because he felt like he had to, to try to get them back in the game, he threw picks. I think the main difference between like this offense doesn't look that much different than what we've seen from Campbell in the last five years or so, but they don't have that running back that they're so used to having that can rip off gigantic runs and make their offense that explosive by just what the running back does. They don't have a Brees Hall. They don't have a David Montgomery. They don't have a guy, at least yet, who I feel like is a threat to rip off a 60-yard run at any moment. Or that can be that workhorse that's going to just pound people into submission so that way you get to the end of the game and Iowa State can rip off those big runs at the end of the game. So they need to find, I think, some other way to be successful. This is not a team, I think, that has the personnel to be successful the way that they were successful in prior years. Maybe they can develop a guy. You know, maybe maybe Brock is going to turn into a guy that can do that, but they just don't have it right now, and I think that's part of what we're seeing offensively from Iowa State that's that's giving them problems. Um, okay, so it's not that I was ignoring you guys, but I suddenly had a, a weird question pop into my head, so I said that I would go and investigate, and I don't like backtracking, so I'm going to backtrack for a second. <clears throat> Two of the individuals who do not have Kansas ranked in their top 25 are Sam McKeon, or however you pronounce his name. He writes for a paper in Nebraska uh, in Omaha, the Omaha World Herald. Uh, he does not have Kansas ranked. just bad. He doesn't have Kansas ranked. He is one of the individuals who did rank Florida. He has them ranked 13th. That's 2-2 two two Florida, who congrats on beating Utah and, and survived uh, a blown snap by USF from losing that game. One of the other ones. Oh, Don Williams from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. That's Lubbock, Texas. That's somebody who covers the Big 12. Covers the Big 12. Should know better. No Kansas in the rankings. Uh, he's got Florida at 17th. So if you guys want people to go after on Twitter, <laughs> you're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. That that was Philip's way of moving on from Jamie's pain and turning to something that was a little happier. So. I mean, I just, I don't want to, I, look, Iowa State, Kansas this weekend. Let's just, let's just, let's just go there. Like, I know we're going to do basketball. We're over It'd an hour. Fun. 
we're gonna we're gonna we're we can gonna do take basketball when we can talk both basketball schedules. Yeah, uh, yeah. True. So that should hopefully be the women's soon. schedule will come out this week. Hopefully, it should be. And hopefully they don't sure. drop it on a Friday afternoon. Like this is not like hiding stuff territory. Like we want to celebrate basketball schedules. Please release them on like a Wednesday at like eleven because that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So I have time to like actually comb through them and digest them and and figure out thoughts and things on them, uh, which I have not. I really want to dive in. I've kind of kept track of everyone's non-con schedules. We're gonna dive in on those two well we might just do a bonus pod at some point with schedules um i know we didn't get to spend a lot of time on everybody else tcu with a 42 34 win in the iron skillet in what could be one of the as i understand the series will continue but not in the way that it has for a while uh, but tcu finally gets that win to get to three and oh congrats tcu that was a nice win for them in a game that went over that shouldn't have uh cincinnati getting a 45 to 24 win over indiana that game was over in the second quarter. Indiana's now 3-1. and one. They were like the worst 3-0 and o team in college football. No offense to Indiana. And our good friends at Homefield Apparel who love Indiana. They love them Hoosiers. Uh, UCF got the 27-10 to 10 win over Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's bad. Uh, I think they've got a, a meeting of the athletic department. People, they're firing their head coach. It'll be Monday. Georgia Tech is, not UCF. Uh, Georgia Tech. Bye-bye. Uh, he will be open. I think I saw somebody mention that uh, Kansas's offense coordinator would could be a candidate for the Georgia Tech head coaching job. That's not going to be open yet. It might be by the time this comes out. Andy, in case you're curious, uh, for UCF, John Rice Plumley, who Daniel loves, for eight of sixteen for forty and five, forty nine yards and an interception through the air, hundred yards on sixteen carries and touchdown on the ground. Very nice. We'll see. Man, I I still can't figure out UCF in that. Basically, I'm like the defense is good. I'm not sure about the offense. And then uh, BYU got a nice win over Wyoming late at night. We will spend more time on our incoming brethren and sisterin. Oh, Houston. Okay, give me just a second. 34 to 27 win over Rice. Man, we were so pumped for Houston, and I thought they were they were going to be really good and could challenge to win the American. Um, I don't think Houston's very good. They 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 beat Rice by seven, and it feels closer than that. Like it feels like Houston's kind of just getting to make some plays. Like the UTSA game, they got they just got a few plays that went their way, and they will win that one overtime. They lost to Tech, they lost to Kansas, they barely beat Rice. Like I I don't I I don't think Houston's very good. We've got to get the Scott Holman show on here to talk about them because I I I don't know. They've got Tulane coming up this week. And, um, whew, ooh, uh, I'm, I'm going to love lost. the, I'm going to love the, uh, the whole transitive property discussion we can have when Houston beats Tulane. So we can say, you know, Kansas beat Houston, who beat Tulane, who beat Kansas state. And so obviously Kansas is better. <laughs> well, let's just, let's just go down that rabbit hole. And we always end each show each week by looking to the games that are coming up and picking which one that we are most excited about. Let me run down the list for you again. Uh, a BYU Utah state is on Thursday night incoming uh, friends of the family Houston Tulane on Friday night. That one is in Houston, Cincinnati on the road in Tulsa on Saturday. Ooh, no, I'm not going to visit the, family this weekend otherwise that'd be a fun game to go to uh ucf hosting smu Ooh. ucf is a three and a half point favorite tease for thursday 
I know it's in Orlando. I'm not sure I'm going to take UCF to win that one. I'm not sure I trust them. In the current Big 12, who we love so much, Oklahoma State, Baylor at 230. Oklahoma TCU at 11. Texas Tech, Kansas State at 11. Iowa State, Kansas at 230. And Texas, West Virginia at 630. Y'all know the rules. Jamie, what game are you looking forward to the most this coming weekend? I mean, it's kind of true to form that, like, of course, it's going to be the game that I'm least capable of following, but it's Oklahoma State, Baylor. I think it's super interesting. Get Oklahoma State back uh, active playing a Big 12 game. Super interested to see that uh obviously i i have what i've seen from baylor with my own two eyes uh i want to see what they look like against another opponent i love when we get a little bit deeper into the big 12 season because you can start seeing shared opponents and say okay well we performed like this against this team then they went and played this other team and this is how they did there and you can start kind of kind of figuring out your place on the totem pole and I I'm excited to see that one. And obviously beyond like any implications for my own team, I think it's just going to be a really good game. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. And that's probably the one I was leaning towards, but in the interest of being different, um, I'm actually going to go with Texas tech and Kansas state. I think this is a game where it's two teams that played really well last week. um, Or I should say got big wins last week. I'm curious to see which one is going to continue that momentum. Um, like everything points to Kansas State should be the team that wins this one and they should win it quite handily. But I want to see if Donovan Smith is a lot better. I mean, and, and honestly, it's questions about two two quarterbacks, right? Is is Donovan Smith going to be able to have that type of performance week in and week out against a really good Kansas State defense? You know, is Adrian Martinez going to be able to have that against an opportunistic Texas Tech defense? So it will be very interesting to see which one, which team is able to come out. I don't think that either of these teams are going to win big in this game. But if they do, I think Kansas State probably has the better pieces. Um, if this game is really close, though, I think that tells us a couple different things. One, that this is going to be a really interesting Big 12 season, I think, to have those two teams kind of battling it out. Um, you know, it's, it's just showing exactly how close this entire conference is going to be this year. Um, and two that you really, it's going to be really hard, I think, to know what to expect from anybody in the conference week in and week out. And both good choices. Obviously, OSU-Baylor rematch of the Big 12 title game last year. That is a big game. Texas Tech-Kansas State, matchup of two teams currently 1-0 in conference play. Um, I mean, Andy can't and, and Jamie can't, so I will. And take Kansas-Iowa State. Iowa State-Kansas uh, Undefeated at this point, hosting Iowa State. Iowa State a three and a half point favorite right now in Lawrence. I'm this is an, this is another interesting game. Can Kansas keep the streak going? Does Iowa State bounce back? Like this is, I, this is a great game. There's, I think there's a ton of great games. I think Oklahoma TCU should be fun. It's interesting. You know, Oklahoma's had TCU's number pretty much um, since TCU joined the Big Twelve. Uh, what happens now that they're completely different coaching staffs for both schools this year? But Iowa State Kansas, I mean. Kansas has a three-game homestand. They're 1-0 so far. They've got Iowa State this week. They've got TCU the following week. Are we going to be talking about bowl-eligible by in October, Kansas? I, here's the thing. After that, at Oklahoma, at, at Baylor, Oklahoma State at home. Um, we said heading into the year that if Kansas would hit the over- Two and a half. They'd have to probably have to do it in the first six weeks of the season. I mean, they've done it. They're at four and zero. Oh. How close to how much? How close can they can they get to a bowl game? 
before the really tough stretch hits. Because the back half of the schedule for them is, again, at Oklahoma, at Baylor, Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, Texas, at Kansas State. So I think it's a big game for Kansas. I, I do. I think it's a big win or a big game for Iowa State, but I think it's just a big game for Kansas because this, if they can keep this streak rolling, man, oh, man, Andy's Kansas is going to make a bowl game. Wild prediction. Not not so wild. And at this point, I don't, I don't think it's so wild. I don't. Uh, I am really intrigued by that game. Ton of great games, as we mentioned. Ton of great games in the Big 12 this weekend. Cannot wait to see as much of them. I'm okay. OSU's at 2.30. Do you know what that means? I don't have to go anywhere. Coach a little uh, U4 soccer at 9 a.m. Come home, do a few choring, little choring, and then uh, sit down and watch some football and, and let three kids wrestle over me while I try and do so. And, and you'll just have to have two screens so you can watch both Big 12 games on at, you know, 11 and then both of them on at 2.30. Yeah, it's called the the TV and the phone. That's about the best way I can do it. That's the only way I can. Uh, sound. Oh, hey, again, you think I can divide my attention between two screens and three kids? Put them side by side. Have each child the kid, hold right. one up. In front of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Or put the kids to work. Come on, have them tell you what's happening in different games. Uh, Ten Twelve Network does not condone uh, any sort of child labor that would break any sort of you no 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 it's, it's chores it's chores they're learning good work ethic by having chores you're Fun treating them in the Chore. family business yeah oh there we go there's family loopholes business. for that i think <laughs> that I, I i don't let my wife hear you say that she may make me shut this down um this has been a ton of fun as always uh do not forget homefield apparel uh, link in the show notes just wait, wait, wait. Down sorry, there. sorry. I, I have to ask. When do we get the much like Matt Brown has? Uh, unfortunately, sometimes his daughter Penny takes over the Twitter account. When are your uh, children going to take over an episode of the podcast? His kids are older than mine. Can you True, imagine? But... <laughs> do you want... First of all, my three year old wouldn't know what to do with a microphone. I mean, okay. she would, but she wouldn't. I bet she'd like, figure it out. I'm going to I'm going to tell her what to say and i'll record it i'll have her record you know what maybe i'll just have her do some messages for you guys see what happens tell you what andy here i'll make you a deal i will make you a deal the week kansas reaches bowl eligibility my three-year-old will record messages for both of you and i will break open that bottle of ku whatever whiskey that's right i have still not opened yet in your honor we're popping off now oh man I mean, it's going to be great. In 14 days, I'll be getting some nice messages. <laughs> Iowa State and TCU fans. I'm sorry. Um, all right. 1012 Podcast. Thank you for listening. 1012 Network on Twitter at 1012 Network. T-E-N number 12, the word network. Homefield Apparel, exclusive, exclusive for the 1012 Network only this week only. Link in the show notes. Find it on Twitter. We'll post it on the gram. You can Google search it. Don't forget that promo code is 1012WEEK. One word, T-E-N-1-2, the word WEEK, all cap, for 15% off of that exclusive and awesome Big 12 collection. He is Andy Mitz, at AndyMitz12 on Twitter, host of the Rock Chalk Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. Go and check out the show. She is J-S-J, Jamie Steyer Johnson, host of the Cyclone Family Podcast also part of the 1012 network. You notice a pattern here. Every show on the 1012 network is fantastic. It's amazing. I know. Who'd have thunk it? Go and check out every show, please. 
Leave them a rating and a review. Five stars. I'll try and post them on the gram. It's at 1012pod. I got to do less work on the gram. We're not getting enough traction. And it's a lot of work. And I should probably be tweeting more. Less focus on work. Family time? I don't know. We'll be back on Thursday with picks for this week. And who knows what else. Podcast Network.